0: It's the TiltCast, episode 510, Curmudgeon Gamer. And this week, guys, we talk Symphony of War, Grumble,
1: Raft, Grumble, Guardians of the Galaxy, Grumble, and Project Lazarus.
0: Stay tuned. Gonna yell at some clouds. And we're back. Woohoo! It's the cast It is June 25th at... p.m., um, 92 degrees, I'm Nos, I'm Jason, and with the two of us, you're gonna get about 30 minutes of bullshit, bullshit, Uh, some games, some news, Um, it is a balmy heat wave we've got going on right now, Um, it hadn't rained in like, it went from like raining two weeks straight to uh, not raining for the last week and a half, and it is just hot as hell outside. Um, I guess I should have said it. it's an in-rated show. Um, anyways, had a lot going on. Jason, have uh, you been up to anything interesting?
1: Oh, mostly, uh, mostly still playing, uh, playing Assassin's Creed 2 and Vampire Survivors when I don't really feel like doing anything. Um, saw, uh, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once this week. Okay, yeah. and Doctor Strange. Nice multiverse uh, of madness.
0: Both of those pretty highly recommended.
1: I would, yes,
0: both of them are absolutely worth a watch. Um, I heard Doctor Strange was kind of a horror but, movie. Is that right? It is a little bit more
1: horror movie, thanks to Sam Raimi directing it. It gets a little weird. Like, Not necessarily evil, dead weird, but it gets a little weird.
0: Okay. Yeah, one of the people that works with me was saying that it was scarier than she thought it was going to be. And yeah, I don't know exactly yeah, of her I'm, entire taste. I'm of be movies. watching this one with the youngest. Gotcha. And then the everything everywhere at once. What is that? So to break
1: down that movie without, um, without, uh, spoiling anything, um, it works on, it's a movie based on multiverse theories. So basically, um, your primary protagonist, uh, discovers that, uh, she has a, um, uh, Uh, Fairly open connection To the other versions of herself Across the multiverse And there are a There are a set of Circumstances put in place By a By the bad guy um, That causes her To have to jump To other versions of herself um, To try to stop stop this bad guy. So she goes from normal housewife to multiverse verse jumping uh superhero basically. Uh but along the way there's a ton of uh um funny situations brought on the fact by the fact that she's inhabiting different versions of herself while remembering who she really is um and kind of learning learning from the different skills of all those different
0: versions of herself to keep fighting. Um, well, you don't have to go too much into it because I haven't even seen it, but I get your concept there.
1: So, but that's kind of the rough concept there. There's a lot of this movie that is absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. And it's, it's totally worth the watch. And you get to see short round as an adult. Because he's in it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. All well, right, on. Yeah, I was going to say it's been kind of an interesting week. We uh got a little bit of uh game in, game time in last night. Um, we made uh homemade roast beef sandwiches. I threw some uh roast beef, like deli roast beef, on the grill. Which you know that sounds weird, but if you offset it and then let it heat up in the middle of the grill and throw some wood in there instead of just straight charcoal. Um you can get a and just let it smoke. Yeah, it was kind of like it was slightly smoked, like it all I did is I just added the smoke flavor to it, um which I think paid off in the end. That and coating it liberally with the uh, bacon grease and the bacon that was going in the burgers or burgers, right, sandwiches, whatever they were. Um but yeah, we did that last night. That was pretty pretty freaking tasty. I've also been in the middle of, like, changing my phone over, and that's been a whole ordeal. Um Finding out that the phone I had didn't work with the new service, I'm switching. I'm going to say it. I'm just switching from Sprint to Mint. Um Vast difference in price for my my uh, monthly charges are cut by a third. No, cut. It's three times cheaper. It's uh, $25 a month versus uh $90 a month. So that's a big bonus. But I had to buy another phone. And I'm not, me and Matt were getting into this last night. Um, I'm not one of those guys that spends a lot of money on a phone because I literally use it for stupid memes, um, occasionally YouTube, podcasts, texting, and phone calls. And that's pretty much it. I don't game on my phone. You guys know, it's not that I'm completely anti-mobile gaming, but most mobile gaming has the hook of some kind of monetization with a really simple game that doesn't have much in the way of, I don't know, there's been some mobile games that have gotten much, much better, but, like, they all seem to fall into some kind of weird monetization trap. And, like, mobile gaming's just so much different than every other type of gaming. Like, right. you know, I've used my phone to Steam Link before, but that requires almost no power whatsoever because you're just streaming. So I don't really care. So I went, you're gonna laugh, but an S ten E to an S ten plus because I could get it on Amazon for two hundred bucks. So it is what it is. Um that's just my stance on phone gaming or phones in general. I'm just I'm old. Um more so than that though, just been busy at work and then trying to find some time to game, so it's just been like a whole I don't know, like just trying to get enough time to just scoot in a little bit of time here and there. Um, but I did get some gaming in that we'll go into here shortly. Um, but other than that, man, like just nothing. I uh, this is gonna sound crazy. Um, I was playing with a dog and I think I almost broke my dog's neck, which was really what? scary. Yeah, so me and Lola were playing rope, and I wasn't paying attention to her for a second. And I heard her yelp, and I turned around, and her head was sideways, and she couldn't straighten it out. And I freaked out, didn't know what to do. I was like, I broke my dog. I'm never going to forgive myself. And I don't know, like, again, I have a different kind of, like, fight-or-flight response. Like, I want to fix something. And so I had an idea. I don't know if it's the right idea or not. But I was like, I bet I can find, like in my head, really quickly, I was like, I bet I can find the knot. And maybe it's just a crick in her neck. I was like, I wonder if I can pop my dog's neck. Don't recommend this to anybody else. Um, but I applied pressure and twisted and heard like, like the pop, like, like kind of stretched out her neck a little bit. And then she did a head shake and then she looked me like crazy. So I guess I popped out whatever it was. <laughs> um, Jesus. It was this very scary moment. So I've been very much not playing that rough with her the last few days because I want to make sure I don't do anything like that. And then anytime time I have played with her, I've been like extremely attentive of uh, how much she's pulling and if she looks like she's in any kind of distress. I don't know. I I saw something on, online of somebody like dog chiropractors where they're stretching out their legs and popping their legs and popping their joints. And So I used whatever technique I saw of somebody popping a dog's neck. I know that sounds crazy. But, like, just kind of stretched her neck out a little bit, and then whatever was, like, out of place popped back into place. Um, nice. I'm glad it paid off, because it was going to take her to the emergency vet right after that if that didn't work. Um, You know, she's my kid. Eh, one of them, anyway. My dog kid. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I'm sure that was scary.
0: Yeah, Lola the Wonder Pups. My, my, uh, tethered to Sandy half the time. Um, but more so than that, um, I have been playing some games. I kind of want to go back and see what you've been up to. You said you got you've been playing Ezio. Have you beat any of them yet, or you're still chewing on the first one?
1: Uh, um, I'm almost through the first one. Um, of course, the Ezio collection comes with all of the all of the DLC, so it's been. Uh, going through the three, uh, the three unlocked memories kind of extended it a little bit. So um, finishing those out just about uh, about halfway through Rome, so I should be in
0: Brotherhood in another day or so. Right on. And then he um, did you notice they dropped them They dropped new stuff for vampire survivors. Yep.
1: No, I didn't.
0: Yeah, they I have it on Steam now, so yeah. Do you? Does it show how often it updates with Steam? Uh, I think so. So it should be updating at least weekly. Um, you don't have to look, First but
1: not installed it. I've not installed it yet because I just bought it on Steam last night. I'm trying to figure out if uh, if I can uh, move the uh, save file from the Game Pass version to Steam version.
0: Um, just look up any any game and where it saves it. It saves save games for uh, Game Pass games in a really weird spot for Game Pass. So it's like in a restricted yeah, I know in a restricted folder. Yeah, it's super weird. Right on. I'm sitting here with my new phone trying to pull up my list of things that I'd played recently. Um Yeah, oh, good luck. Uh <laughs> Hold on. We're gonna see if I can uh, pull it up my other phone, which is deactivated. Oh I need this is probably where I was hearing shit from. just doesn't have a phone number associated with it right now, so it's still connected to my Wi-Fi. But usually I go through so many small games, like just trying shit out, that I forget by the time we podcast what I've been up to. And so I have to pull up my recently played library on my Steam to see exactly what I've been up to. Oh, yeah. So we're we're talking Vampire Survivors, so I want to talk about... um, One game that's very similar that is very cheap. So the Steam Cell goes through July 7th, and we'll absolutely have this episode up before the Steam Cell ends. Um, But I found a game for like $1.39 called Project Lazarus, which is basically vampire survivors with mechs. It doesn't have the mutations, at least to my knowledge yet, Um, but you get a currency for how long you last. And that currency you can use to buy stock upgrades for the base weapons that drop and choose basically what weapons drop. So you first start off, there's only about four or five weapons that drop the first time you play it. And that's because there's hardly anything unlocked. And then you can put that currency back into the weapons that drop to make them more powerful versions, and they drop. So unlike vampire survivors where the weapons kind of drop off at the base level. I can get my flamethrower and say that when it drops, it drops at level 3 when it first starts. So I have a more powerful version when it drops. Um, and you can do that for like base stats and a lot of other stuff. So the unlocks are a little bit different. Um, it's also an early access, but is fully playable. I don't know if there's any kind of in-game. I haven't played it a crazy amount. I've run about 4 or 5 rounds so far. The yeah, first round I lasted about 7 minutes. And then I'm getting closer to where I can last about 20 minutes now. But it's the same thing. They call it a reverse bullet hell, which I guess is exactly what Vampire Survivors is. Is a reverse bullet hell. We've talked about Vampire Survivors so much on the show. Like I feel like it's going to show up on an end of the year list just because it's so good, even though it's early access. Um, Project Lazarus is close. I don't know if it's as good, but I know it's a pretty close to as addictive. Um, as far as like one of those, it's a good one of those. If whatever one of those is, the reverse bullet hell where you control a character and move around. And shoot in random directions, but you can aim a little bit with uh, Project Lazarus. So you some mechs control differently. Like I had one that had tracks, where I pulled the triggers on the controller to go forward or backwards, and then it, the torso in, rotated independently from the tracks. And so I could run over the little enemies with the tracks, um, and then I could rotate the torso. I had another one called like the bulldozer, which only faced forward no matter what. So I had to get some kind of area of effect to cover my ass and then I basically just trudged forward, but it had a high it regained armor um, every time I killed an enemy. So that was why it was the bulldozer. You just had to continue to kill shit, uh, which meant that I had to get Hmm. a very powerful weapon pretty early on to make it viable. But that was actually the one I've lasted the longest in. But no aiming it literally anytime you're pointing a direction, you're going a direction. So you just have to keep going. Um (laughs) It's, uh, but yeah, Project Lazarus is an interesting game. And I like these, like, if it's a good, cheap game, I do like good, cheap games. So that's been a thing. And I think, uh, I don't know. I good, cheap games are where it's at. If you like Vampire Survivors, I get it. I think full price is three bucks, but on the Steam sale, it's literally like $1.39. Like, it's the cheapest I've ever spent on a game. I know, uh, One of the other games I've put some time into, again, I put King Arthur on pause for just a second just because I know it's so long. I wanted to get a little progression and something new so you guys didn't have like three or four weeks of King Arthur. Um, I played Raft. So Raft went 1.0 release last week. Um, I was actually playing it Saturday night, like right after we podcasted. Um, Raft is a crafting survival game where you start off on a raft that's like Four feet by four feet. It's, you start off basically on four planks of wood. And you've got this tow hook that you throw out into the ocean. And use it to grab drift junk. So basically like an apocalypse happened and the world flooded. And it's like Noah's Ark kind of thing. Like, So all this like junk has drifted up to the surface. And you drag it over to your raft. And build shit on your raft with it. So initially the trick with the game is... You drift whatever the current is, and then the game spawns in objects for you to pick up. And you can pick them up off your raft if it's close enough. Um, And then you use this. You throw a hook out, and there's like, you have to lead the hook. So you have to throw it ahead of stuff as it's floating so that you, you know, get ahead of it. And then you reel it in, and then whatever catches in its way, it drags back to you. So, like, that's one of the main mechanics when you're getting started is using that hook to grab stuff. And then you got recipes that you use to craft pieces of your ship to turn it into more of an actual boat. And then eventually you come up on islands. Now, islands have unique resources that you don't get with your boat. Now, the caveat is, is every five minutes um, you have a shark attack. And the shark comes up, starts biting on your boat. And you have to take a wooden stick. And stab it in the nose a few times to get it to release, and then you got to repair that spot that they were fucking up. If you dive in the water, um, the shark does a fair amount of damage to you. And not until you get better weapons is it something where you can kind of go back and hunt the shark um, so that he despawns and then you can get stuff that's underwater because there's additional resources underwater. Um, and additional resources resources on the islands. The islands might have, like, additional junk right up next to the island underneath the surface. They'll have, like, seaweed and stuff like that you can harvest, which you need for other things. Um, the islands yeah, themselves true. have, like, trees that you can use for wood for your raft and then fruit and seeds and things like that. So you can start planting crop plots and stuff like that. But initially, when it was an early access, like three years ago, that was all there was to the game. Um, They've added quite a bit to it, so there's a whole storyline where you're kind of discovering what happened to the world. And so, you can play this game kind of infinitely, just surviving and upgrading your boat. Which was the appeal when it first launched. But you have to craft a radio, and once you craft the radio, then you get a signal And then you basically, like, craft a radar station on your boat that requires batteries, which you have to have certain resources for. And then that takes you to different story islands. But the way the game engine works is it spawns in islands constantly in a loop, right? So if you accidentally pass an island, because there's not really any going back because you're drifting with the current, it'll respawn it later at a certain point. But you can, with oars or engines or sails, point your direction on your boat in different ways um so that's kind of the story loop for Ark or for uh, raft I said arc um it's a pretty satisfying game um it's a good podcast game right because you can just sit there and endlessly uh craft shit and find new shit and then make more shit for your boat and like, it's got a hunger meter and a thirst meter, and that's a little bit brutal. I'd say, like, early tips for that game is to expand your raft just a hair so that you have enough room. Essentially, you build around that 4 by 4 square so you have enough room for the shark to bite. And if you don't get to him fast enough, that you can uh, repair that spot. Because if he bites an area that has equipment, that equipment will fall off, too. So, right. basically, you want to start off and you want to have enough space for, in my my opinion... Um, a water purifier, a grill, um, and a chest in the middle of your boat, which takes up all four squares. So then you need to build a square around that, right? So that ends up being four, five, six, eight, ten. So you need to build 10 more spots around it. Then you need, you know, kind of expand out from the center. I ended up making kind of a long skinny raft is what I got right now and I'm kind of working on um, additional storage. And I've just got a huge platform right now that's just got a bunch of shit on it. But I plan on building like a cabin and a bunch of other stuff with it too. But I've seen some pretty incredible ones where people literally built like Noah's Ark essentially because you get to a point where you can have domesticated animals and sprinkler systems and crop plots and stuff like that. And there's some people that have gotten pretty crazy with it and built like I don't know, like, huge-ass, like, extremely large boats Um, from right. like grabbing driftwood and shit like that. But the cool thing is, is like, as a, you get better technology, the gathering of resources becomes a lot more efficient. So, you build these uh, catcher nets, and stuff goes under your boat. So, you can put these, like, catcher nets um, in the middle of your boat or, or along the edges or wherever. And I tend to put them up in the front when I start, and then I put them on the sides. And then what that does is every time you go over something, you end up catching some of the drift material. Then you just go and pick it up out of your net, and you go do shit on your boat while your boat does all the collecting for you. Um, To my knowledge, you can't really do a whole lot of damage from crash landing into an island. It's not quite that realistic. So... If you fuck up and you just let it drift or sail or whatever, that's not that really that big a deal. Um, in fact, sailing ends up being better because you end up going faster and collecting resources faster with your raft because you're sailing instead of drifting. Um, but, like, there's a whole fishing mechanic and, like, that's one way to get food. You end up picking up a little bit of food out of crates. The way that you purify water is you boil it, which means you got to get wood, and then you put your salt water in a cup, and then it boils out the salt, and then you have fresh water. So initially there's this whole, like, balance of always having a little bit of water to drink while you're also um, always cooking fish or something like that. So I'm always, like, fishing and doing that stuff while I'm kind of planning on what my next plan of attack is for crafting, um, and then getting myself ready for the shark attack. Um, because I know it's coming like but like once you know the shark has hit your boat like you know you got about 5 minutes before it does again and you have to worry about it. Right. But overall, pretty good game. Um I think a lot of people will have fun with it. It has got a ridiculous amount of reviews, I think. It's probably got 100,000 reviews. Go to the store page. How many reviews this game have? And that's it's been out for a long time, but it just released 154,000 reviews. Um, oh wow! It's a it's been out for about three or four years, um, in early access, and they just got the 1.0 down, but well worth it. It's a it's a pretty good game. Um, wanted to kind of just touch on at least one more game. So, one game I've had a lot of fun with lately, um, Jason, what turn based games did you play like in the 90s and early 2000s, or did you play any?
1: Uh, yeah, but that'd be more um, uh, top-down turn-based, like uh, um, uh, Baldur's Gate in the early 2000s.
0: Oh, that's more CRPG. Uh, I'm talking like Did you play Final Fantasy Tactics? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Played the shit out of that. Okay, so this isn't exactly like that, but kind of in the same vein as that. And then there's an older game that would have been out when you were really young, and I was actually pretty young too, called Ogre Battle March of the Black Queen. Oh, Ogre Battle. Yeah, I remember that. Well, there was a couple of, there's a few different versions of Ogre Battle. There's one version of Ogre Battle, um, that is basically like Final Fantasy Tactics. And the original version of Ogre Battle was a squad based game. Where you'd build these squads, and then you they'd have different attacks based on their positioning in the um, in the unit. So, like, if they're in the front, they do a certain attack. And then you'd play certain units, like, in a line be- behind them and maybe support units in the back. And then different units attack different positions. So, um, there's a game that's very similar to that that came out just this month that I've been looking at um, called Symphony of War. And it's an R. I think it's an RPG maker game because the game art style looks like uh, old, like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics um, sprites. the okay. The game art is like hand drawn, but the uh, like anytime they go to like two characters talking to each other, but the actual game looks kind of like an old Super Nintendo sprite driven game but um you have you build up units and then they can morph into different types of units as they gain experience, and then you build your party around that um you've got a whole skill based system that like unlocks different abilities so like for example, when I first started, I only had the ability to attack now I've got the ability to attack leader, I've got an ability to fight defensive i've got an ab- ability to fight aggressively um and I've got an ability to force surrender. Which are different, like tactics abilities that I unlock for my units. All of those have different advantages. Um, and I won't go into the minutia of that because I'm not trying to tell you how to play the game. But essentially, the game has these maps where you capture points and then you get resources from capturing points and then you fight different small squads essentially across a map. Um, in the battle itself, you don't have any direct control. You're just kind of like sizing up. Does this unit like, trump that other unit, right? And then it gives you an average rating for their threat level, which is how devastating they are based on, I think it's just based on the level of the characters that are in the group. Um, You kind of use that as a guide for survivability, but you might take note, oh, they have a bunch of rogues and I have a bunch of squishy people in the back line. Maybe this isn't the right unit to go against them. Maybe I need to have a, soften them up with a, with a, ranged unit, right? So I take a ranged unit which will attack, which I know won't get any retribution because I can keep them out of range and then I'll throw in my melee unit again and see if I don't take them out. But the different transformations between characters um, into the different units is super satisfying. That's something I've liked in certain games for a long time and it's been, it's been missing from games for a very long time. Um, there hasn't been a lot of games that have done it well. Um, I think another comparison might be Fire Emblem. If you like Fire Emblem, this is kind of up your alley. For whatever reason, I've just never dug into Fire Emblem, but I've heard it's a lot like Ogre Battle, and I should like Fire Emblem. But when it comes into like uh, (laughs) I don't typically do like JRPG type stuff, but this kind of stuff I actually dig a lot. Um, Most most of my issue with JRPGs is just incredibly long cutscenes that kill my ADD. So because I don't typically care about the story enough for that unless i'm playing a game that's super story driven and i'm really interested in it so for me like this is a game where i can turn the music off i can turn the sound effects on low play a podcast and then just sit there and strategize and essentially play chess all day um which is between this and sleeping and chores is literally all i've been doing since well the last three days honestly um during the Steam sale one tip I'll give you guys is if you have a Green Man Gaming account, um they typically give you additional bonuses off the price of things. So for example, this game's normally 19.99 is it was on a release sale I think of $16 and I got it for almost $12. Now uh, because I'm a frequent Green Man Gaming dude, um Basically, you can buy about five games and you get max level. They call it XP and then it never goes away. And so you get max discount off everything. And you just got to pay attention to what kind of key it is. So it'll usually be a Steam key. The PlayStation, like digital downloads are on there too. Um, and Epic games are on there too. But I've saved a fair amount of money. Like I was going to buy, um, buy this on Steam along with, um, I picked up, um, What's that fucking horror game that Bethesda came out with recently? Uh, Something Tokyo. Oh, uh, Ghostwire. Yeah, pick up Ghostwire Tokyo. I picked up this, and then I picked up um, Pathfinder Judgment, which was $22 for me on Green Man, and it was 29 on Steam. And then Symphony of War was like $16 on Steam and it was $12 on Green Man. Um and then what else did I pick up? Yeah. Yeah, so basically I saved like an additional $15 doing Green Man plus while it was on Steam sale. Um so ended up doing quite well with my savings on that. I think total I spent um about 50 bucks, but I got like Five games. So, not too terribly mad about it. And I've got pretty much everything off my wish list that I really want right now. I keep looking at Ace Combat. I kind of do want to play that. But, um, other than that, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I've gotten more than halfway through that game. I want to say I've probably got about 18, 19 hours in it right now. And that, I'm surprised at how good that is. You finished it, right? Yep. That is really, really good. I dare say that could have been on my top ten last year already. It's really good. It's exceptionally well written. It's, uh, like you guys were saying, I forgot that the voice actors for that game were not the original voice actors from the movies. Um. Because they do a very good job. Graphically, it looks ridiculous. Um, it's super optimized. Again, I'm not running a potato, but I can tell the difference between a game that looks almost as good as Cyberpunk, but running, like, when I benchmark it, because I'm automatically frame-locked at 60 with my TV, but I can run it at 120 FPS um, at 4K with everything turned on. I mean, that's with DLSS too, but still. Like, it has all the options. It has all the ray tracing. It has HDR. Like, it has everything. Um, feature wise for graphics, but soundtracks on point. Like, they use licensed songs, which I think is great. And an option if you're a streamer to not use licensed songs. The combat's fun. Combat's actually not really the strongest suit of that game. It's just the story itself is really engaging. Like, I find myself really Giving a damn about the story, and that's not normal for me. And I think maybe because I'm just like old and like don't care about the, uh, like I'm a curmudgeon gamer, right? Like, uh, you really have to hook me in with something that's to make me give a damn about a game story. And it made me give a damn about the game story. I think it's done quite well. Um, it does, it's one of the few Marvel games that actually does it a, a, a service instead of doing a disservice, you know. Because so many of the Marvel yeah, games have sucked so bad. Um and it's also Square Enix, which I'm surprised. Like Square Enix did I I shouldn't say that. Square Enix has done a great job at certain things. Um right, but like they've I feel like they've had more bombs in the last ten years than they've had like high quality stuff. But um yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, that's like a four A game. Like, it's, it's, that, it's so good.
1: Yeah, there's, and there's so much that you could easily miss in that game. Um, just Easter egg or, or dialogue wise. Um, it, it's just, it's so saturated and it's a good mix of the attitude from the movies, but all of the, uh the story and the content all come from the comics
0: well i'm just like the humor uh, and aspect the
1: storyline that they chose is really good
0: well and the the energy between the characters like even the dialogue that's just happening as you go is exceptional and funny like it doesn't become tiresome at any point I really like all the ribbing between the characters, like they rib quill quite a bit, um do a really good job of rocket um he also looks way it's like the best rendered raccoon I've ever seen um oh yeah, but yeah the uh that game's great, that game is fantastic i that is a soaring recommendation for me, and unless it just completely doesn't stick the landing at the end for me. It sounds like it did for you and Rusty. I wish I'd have played this last year. There was so much that came out last year that wasn't worth it. That was 100% worth it. And it just came out of nowhere. Um, Well, it also
1: came out towards the end of the year. So I didn't play it either until it came out on Game Pass. So
0: that was what was going on with me. It's like, I want something in the vein of like a Mass Effect or a Deus Ex or. I was looking for a first-person RPG, and I just didn't have anything to play um, that I hadn't played before, you know? Like, almost started playing Fallout again, like, five or six different times. It's like, no, I don't need to play this again. Um, I need to play something. I was like, I've got access to all this stuff on, on freaking Game Pass. Like, let me take a gander. And that was 100% worth it. On that flip side thing, though, something I set up technology-wise, just speak to this for a second, Um, so for the longest time, you and Rusty both have been telling me to get rid of my gateway and get an actual modem, and uh, I wrote it off, right, and then a couple weeks ago, we were doing our game, and we were talking about it, and then I finally got the wild hair, and I was like, I'm going to pull the trigger. I got the money. Let's do it. So I went looking on Amazon and I got myself a CM-1000 Netgear router that's got 32 channels on it. Or not not router, modem. that has got 32 channels on it. And I've got a TP-Link that's got a 5 GHz and a 2.4 gigahertz connection on it. And I never could figure out exactly what was going on as to why that wouldn't power my Steam Link on both my tablet and on my actual Steam Link in my bedroom. I don't know the logistics of it as to what was going on, but there was something going on with my gateway because I couldn't adjust any settings or set certain priorities on different devices, right? Even though I do it through my router, like, it never seemed like it quite did it because I had a router plugged into a gateway too, which is crazy. Um, So I finally got the modem and ditched the old gateway, and holy shit, did everything improve. Um, From my actual network being stable to my actual internet speed actually being way more consistent to my Wi-Fi being as fast as my actual download, which is crazy. So my Wi-Fi is at the exact same speed as my, as my damn ethernet connection, which is nuts. Um, and super consistent. Um, so that being said, like I tried steam link again, right? And I set it to five gigahertz only. Um, I've got a 1080p TV in the bedroom, which I use. It's an old Samsung TV that still looks great. Sometimes it looks better than my 4K TV, which is crazy. Um, it's just the smaller screen size, denser pixels. It's also better colors. It's just got really good color. And it's got really good contrast. It doesn't even have HDR capability, but the contrast on that TV is so much better than my other one.
1: Like, well, that's what Samsung LCDs got so good with.
0: This thing's old. I've had it since I lived in that apartment. So this has been around since I've had this TV since twenty thirteen probably. Yep. Um So but it's it's insane. Um that I can run it on the beautiful setting and ten eighty P native support for my TV instead of running it at seven twenty. And never I I say never. One time I got the connection error the connection like pop up that comes up on Steam Link saying you got a poor connection. I've had that one time. But very consistently I've been playing some higher intensity games um back there. And the thing about Steam Link is you can put it in desktop mode. And so I played Guardians of the Galaxy on my TV back there off my Steam Link in the living room, <laughs> which is crazy. Um Didn't recognize that I didn't have HDR back in that room because I was really playing that in a weird way. But, yeah, I was playing that through my Steam Link in my bedroom, through Wi-Fi, and having just about no issues with it. But also playing everything else that I was playing, I had no issues. Like, anything that was just a little bit less graphically intensive than that was just running like a fucking champ. And that's not hasn't been my normal experience. Same thing with my tablet. I was doing that while I was watching Stranger Things after I kind of finally got all that stuff set up properly. And that just made so much difference. Like, uh, junk your, junk your ISP provider's gateway. Get yourself a modem and a proper router. Like, whatever the fuck they give you is just fucking shit. Um, it does make a difference and it does make a difference to spend a little bit of money on your damn router and your, your modem. Yes, it does. It's just quality of life has been hugely improved. Even work, right? Like, I have work, you know, I work remotely. So I've had random issues where it's like, oh, we're going to prioritize your phone for an update. So we're going to give most of the bandwidth to your phone while it does a fucking update. And then my work computer struggles with its VPN connection for a little while. And I'm just like, come on now. (laughs) This is more important, but I can't go into the gateway settings of this stupid. ISP provided thing and tell it that this is not nearly as important. Um But yeah, it's been a been a good experience. Um that being said, do you think it's time for a break? Yeah, I think we're pretty good for one. All right guys, we'll be back. back woohoo! a little bit of break there um wanted to get into some news and of course me and jason aren't together so we just sat here and chatted for a while i mean it's usually what we do so i i need to say something real quick because it probably we didn't make it very apparent but rusty is having some severe isp issues he has not gone from the show (laughs) he is uh he had what? 1 meg upload and like maybe 8 down?
1: Uh 8 was good.
0: Yeah. He has no bandwidth to record right now. Um in a literal sense. So we're going to have and him cell service where he is is trash enough he can't even discord on his phone. Yeah, we uh we touch base with him occasionally through messenger, but that's like a basically all we got. So, we know he's alive and well and extremely frustrated that he can't download jack shit so he'll be on when he's on um he
1: downloaded a game at what was that like 1.8 megabits a second
0: yeah i think he had he had a game he had to download that took him all day and it was like a gig so yeah,
1: it was ridiculous so Rusty is alive and well
0: guys and he'll be back but we just don't it know it will be a while Yeah, he's literally waiting for them to expand the network out to his area. So in the meantime, we'll be expanding and looking for options that we might have for some fill-ins for the time being. So I'm currently looking at that to see what we can do. But that being said, we do have some news that we want to get into. Um, We do. Um, First bit, um,
1: a new report from NDP Group uh, last week showed that total gaming revenue fell 19% in May to just over 3.6 billion uh which is the lowest month for video game sales in two years now that said that's not necessarily anything necessarily be worried about um May was a fairly May and April were fairly slow months release wise Um, so, and I mean, 3.6 billion, still a, still a pretty high number. I'm, I'm sure you don't have to go back that far to find, uh, 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 find sales that were lower than that. It just happens to be the lowest since COVID started. And that's when game sales really spiked. So,
0: yeah, the, uh, That is interesting that's happened, but I don't think it, you're, I think you're right. There's not really anything to be worried about because there's plenty to do. And one thing I think if you listen to the show, because of my Gamer ADD, you're going to hear snippets of games and then finally full reviews about a month later after I finally finish something. But if you, uh, if you're ever interested in what you want to play, um, you can always listen to the show or you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm glad to, I actually have the, uh, Our Twitter um, messaging links straight to my phone. So if you're curious about something you want to play, like if you message us on there, I'll get the message. I can give you some recommendations on things that you could play that help you in these interims when things are really slow. Um, Because I play a shitload of indie games. Um, Stuff that's both free or low cost or just diamonds in the rough. And I feel like I find a fair amount of them because of my ADD. I don't know if there's anything special about me, but I just, certain things catch my eye. Yep.
1: So, um, and then another big bit of news. uh, Big Daddy Microsoft is uh, coming to our rescue to protect us again, as it announced this week that it will start allowing uh, players to report and get other players banned on private minecraft servers huh um they launched a pre-release version of update 1.19.1 uh for the java edition of minecraft which uh which showed that uh The update added the ability to report users who abuse the game's chat system and allowed for the reported players to be banned from online play and all subscription realms until after moderator review. Um, And then also on a recently updated Why Have I Been Banned from Minecraft help page, Microsoft noted, That banned players will also get a message when they sign into Minecraft on any platform. uh, And that the message will clarify that the banned players are not allowed to play on servers. Interesting. Join realms, host, or join multiplayer games. Damn. Um, Now, exactly... uh, Who's moderating it? Microsoft suggests highly trained moderation staff. Um, but, uh, we do not know exactly who those moderators are. The big, the big jump on this is that, I mean, these are private servers and private servers are nothing new to Minecraft. Um, Minecraft has always allowed players to, um, host worlds and play multiplayer on on a uh, private server
0: well i honestly before minecraft blew up and i'm not being like that guy that i did it before it's popular i just played it because it was a cheap game but me and my buddy tj used to play on our own server that we had created because that was i think back then the only way to really do it so i'm talking that like was the only real way to multiplay back then yeah so i have my own private server and It was just me and him. That was it. So, I mean,
1: I don't necessarily think this is completely bad. The bad part of it is that players can get banned for a mere report and then have to appeal their ban in order to get back on. Um, And then it's just a he said versus she said kind of thing or whatever exactly versus the the you know like the old way it used to happen with Xbox Live is there had to be multiple reports of same or similar offensive behavior etc um before they even took a step towards that so i i think the the main thing here is that on the face right now it looks like um a single report could get you banned um microsoft's not yet fully clarified that yet um but it is a it is a big step the the only thing they did uh clarify is uh uh some of the moderation categories being imminent harm or self harm uh terrorism extremism comments um non-consensual imagery drugs alcohol nudity por- pornography etc um now but again there's not a ton of detail about this and then until we see more detail on on the exact process and exactly what constitutes an immediate ban versus uh, versus a, uh exploration of behavior is something we will have to see before I really decide whether this is a good or a bad move. On the surface, right now, it looks like a controversial one at the least.
0: Well, something that's not nearly as depressing um, or controversial, End of the Preach is got a whole bunch of new added updates that have come up. So there's an advanced edition update that is coming up um, on July 19th. So on their web page, they've got new squads and weapons, new pilots and pilot abilities, new enemies, bosses and missions, a different challenging difficulty level, um, seven new language, new music and more. Uh, More so than that, though, too, one of the other weird updates that they have. It's if you have a Netflix subscription, you can get the game free on iOS and Android if you're a Netflix subscriber um, starting July 19th. And it's the full game, including the advanced features, and it features a touchscreen-based interface. Now, I already have it on Steam, so I could always just Steam link it play it. But, um, yeah, um, that's a lot of different features for a game that I thought was gone. It's weird that they just went and did that. But there's a physical edition of the game coming to Switch in October. So it's uh, October, they didn't say what date, but in October this year. The physical edition for Switch um, comes with, looks like a poster, a whole bunch of stickers, maybe a steelbook. I'm not sure, but it's going to be published by Fangamer. Uh, I think it's like $30. Um, I know, here, I'm just going to click on the link and see. If I pre-order this, it's $34. Um, if you're into physical stuff, I know we, we were talking with John from Picking Up the Pixels last night, and he was very much into this. Um, I know he's going to probably pick it up, but Into the Breach is a pretty good game. It's made by the same people that made FTL. Um, so I'm pretty pumped to see what happens there. Um,
1: um Other news? uh sony interactive microsoft epic games unity um meta and nvidia all came uh came together in the last couple of weeks to form a metaverse standards forum uh dedicated to sen- setting standards for uh let's face it facebook's uh vr vr world space um I mean, this is something we knew was going to happen eventually. If nothing else, it at least sets VR environment standards, hopefully. Um are are we all going to end up a part of Meta's Meta's Worldverse? Uh, probably not, but <laughs> at least the forum is picking up Steam and picking up uh uh companies to kind of ground Uh, Facebook's ambitions here a little bit Um, also participating in the forum are a couple of existing standards forums um, such as the uh, uh, Open Geospatial Consortium, the Web3D Consortium um, and other companies like Adobe, uh, HTC Huawei, Qualcomm um, and a Apparently IKEA, what furniture has to do with that, I have no idea. But
0: there that's you weird. Are. There's <laughs> been some new news. So Miyazaki is involved with a lot of different things. If you didn't know that he was you know, obviously you know about Elden Ring and the Soul Series, etc. What you don't know about him is he's also a big plays a big part with from software. Um and there's a game that's been in, in development since twenty sixteen. Um A lot of people are thinking it's Armor Core 6. So Armor Core is an action, kind of like a twin-stick shooter with customizable mechs, which is pretty cool. It was always fucking hard. Um, But I liked it. I haven't played Armor Core in a really long time. In fact, when I saw that announcement, I was like, I have that on Xbox still. Maybe I'll pop that out, play it. But, um, yeah, so a lot of people are thinking it might be Armor Core 6, which they haven't announced a release date or a title or anything like that. But we're supposed to find out more um that they're going to release some more information here soon. Yeah, the the what Miyazaki said is a three-dimensional dynamic action game with a high degree of freedom and customization which sounds just like Armored Core and he's been a a core part of Armored Core for a long time. So, if you didn't know that, he's also the Armored Core guy, um or one of the Armored Core guys. So, more reasons to like freaking Miyazaki because he's a badass. Um one thing oh, yeah. I'll... One thing I wanted to talk about that so the Final Fantasy sixteen devs um have been talking a lot about their new Final Fantasy game. I don't know if it's caused controversially, it's caused controversy within me because I haven't liked a lot of the changes of the Final Fantasy franchise over the last fifteen years, basically. I haven't been a super fan of Final Fantasy since ten. Um I really like ten, and I do like ten too a little bit, but not nearly as much as ten. Um and what's going on is the battle system for final fantasy has changed a lot over the years right um it's made me not be as engaged because i do like turn-based games and final fantasy is like one of the original turn-based games and they've gotten so far away from it they've gone to this action battle system and i think this is probably this is my hot take on it it's like if you want to do an action RPG, then you need to have a system that's as robust as something like Devil May Cry and the combos like that. It always feels clunky. Like playing the 7 remake, it does feel clunky in the combat, switching between different characters and having your character auto battle. Well, they're taking it to the next extreme. So now you can control your summons, but you can't control your party members. And the idea is you're going to have party members drop in and out as the story goes, which I understand that aspect of it. But you're going to have no direct control over them or anything. Uh, maybe you can outfit them or maybe you can set some kind of gambit like you did in some of the older Final Fantasies. But you're literally going to have people, the way that they said it, drop in and out of the story as your party members to fight alongside you and they're going to completely auto battle. And I want to say it was 13 that had the full auto battle system where you literally could just let the game play itself, which completely returned that game because I thought it was uh, I thought it was crap. I know they made a lot of enhancements to it, but I thought it was crap. Um, and I'm not going to let just final it being a Final Fantasy game be the reason that I'm playing a game um, because I am a true fan of a lot of the stuff. But the stuff that I like is old man Final Fantasy. I do like the turn-based systems they had. I do like thinking through my battles and I like synergizing things and thinking about how I want something to synergize versus having to do it on the fly and flip between characters and awkwardly mash through combos to get what I needed to do or worry about some kind of parry or block or whatever. Um I don't mind the positioning so much and I don't know how to like make turn based a little bit more modern, but the system they got right now is just not my thing. And Rusty's gonna scream at this because he's a big fan of Final Fantasy and we'll we'll argue this into the ground, but I think um so far I'm not really digging what they're doing and I need to play a demo of this before I make more of a hot take on this. Though, there has been some news that they are interested in doing a demo. So, um, essentially, the uh, the game's supposed to release in summer of 2023, and Yoshida was talking about doing a demo before then. Um, if they do it, of course, they'll tell us more, and if they do a demo, I will try it out and see what I think. Um, which will help me process their idea, because maybe they're not communicating it very well as to what it is. And if that's the case, like, you know, I'm I'm open to changing my opinion. But they're not giving me a lot to go on right now um, as to what it's going to be. Um, of course they're not. I don't have much else news on my side. Do you have anything that I'm missing?
1: Uh the only other thing I had uh was just kind of a um shout out to our listening base uh as we know in the last uh last few weeks uh the secondhand market has been flooded with um wild gpus out there um most likely secondhand mining gpus um which most of the time you don't necessarily have to worry about um whether or not a uh um whether or not a uh GPU was mined on or not. Um however um a little bit more so this time around than with uh um with the GTX 10 series or even the RTX twenty series. Apparently a lot of these uh uh secondhand uh RTX 3000 series graphics cards um, are popping up with burnt-out memory chips. I saw that. Um, So, apparently, the high-bandwidth memory on the 30-series cards um, when it comes to Ethereum mining, apparently, um, there's a lot more of them out there with uh, with just burnout memory chips, and unless they, unless the the GPU miner uh, decides to tell everybody in their listing out of the kindness of their heart that uh, that the memory chips are burnout, you have no way of knowing. So that is just a word of caution on the secondary GPU market, but um. You may end up with one that has has burnout memory chips, and if you do and that's a lot of frames.
0: Yeah, I would be really cautious about a mining GPU. Cause you never know. Um I mean it was literally running for days and days and days and months. Right? So it's potentially has some issues with it, you know. Yep. Did you have anything else besides that? Nope. That was it. Alright. Well, Jason, where can you find
1: us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash RealTiltCast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe.
0: Find friends of the show. You got Cabbage, KBG. You've got For the Love of Gaming. You've got Picking Up the Pixels. You've got bmfcast.com and no as well as tvgp.tv they're old like us and with that it's the end of the show peace